Welcome back, everyone, to the second episode of the Falcon Cast podcast. I've got online here not only Chris uh, from twitch.tv slash Scarlet Show, but also Fryman from twitch.tv slash... What's the end part of your URL, Fryman? The Fryman 14. Okay, yeah, the Fryman 14. And if you use an auto-hold, you're basically a criminal. What? I've learned something. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> you have to start with something strong. I have learned something today. Oh, yeah. So, what do you guys want to start with today? Do you guys want to start with the Resident Evil? Oh, yes. I would love to start with the Resident Evils. Okay, shall we start with the trailer or shall we start with your gameplay, Fryman? I'd say let's start with the trailer, give our thoughts on the trailer, and then show off the gameplay. That way the audience knows. But hello, everybody. I thought I'd say hi. Okay, let's go ahead and get that trailer started. Yeah, Sho, do you have the trailer loaded up? Uh, I've basically got it pulled up on uh, um, the Carl stream. Ah, okay. We'll just be silent. Oh my god, it's a woman. I can't hear anything if you're uh, in the stream. Yeah, I can't hear anything in the stream either. God. Don't worry, folks. Growing pains. We'll get there. I swear it was working earlier. Give me a second. Also, you sound kind of echoey. Okay, I'll have to go ahead and fix my echo. Okay, that's why. Okay, now that that's finished, what I need to go ahead and do is add here. Input capture. Sorry, am I bothering you? And now. No, no, it's good. No dead air. I just start going faster. It's just like that uh, gag from Family Guy where it's like, hey, play me off, Johnny. Okay, let's go ahead and try it now. All right, All right perfect. I can't tell. It sounds quiet. Yeah, I'm not hearing anything either. Jesus. Isn't it kind of hard to play like YouTube audio through Twitch? No. At all that's that's an old that's a thing on your end if you're not getting any audio. Yeah, give me a second. I'm trying to see what's going on here. If you want to share your screen, I can give you a hand. I've got that coming in from the laptop using the capture card. I thought I had everything set up for it to come through the capture card side of things. Let's go mm-hmm. ahead. Wrong. Okay. Capture device. Stream. Settings. Default device. Default capture. device. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I see your scenes. Out of curiosity, it is pretty. Okay. 
Hold up, I think I've got it fixed. Let's go ahead. Could you hear that there or no? No, no, no I don't hear anything. Jesus, okay. That's gonna be... Okay, real quick, I'm gonna go ahead and share my uh, screen on the Discord chat real quick. Yeah, apologies for the technical difficulties, everybody, but this thing happens. I thought I had that fixed. Uh, in the meantime, show, why don't you... Uh... Anything you want to talk about while we get this fixed? So I guess I can take over from here. I'll just start with uh, the music review that I kind of wanted to go through. Can you show me the capture cards source? So this is the Scarlet Show's music review. Oh. Here, we like to talk about music in the most plainest of fashions. No, not really. Um, but in this case, uh, there is uh, music that I kind of wanted to go over. Yeah, so, so just leave it at Capture back Audio. In October, um, um, back in October, bring me the horizon to release the new EP. Huh? Sorry, it's a little hard to talk when you guys are talking. Yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. Go ahead and turn that up. This, that's for uh, the audio. Yeah. yeah this trust is actually going to be from my webcam and not from my uh, caps, not from the capture device. This theoretically is from the capture. Yeah. Really? So. Capture of ID stream. Yeah. It's, and well, it's just a video capture device said it was the Elgato. So that's why I'm like, are you sure about that? Yeah, the, the, the video capture device is titled on here is my webcam. The capture of ID stream is the capture of the laptop. So I stream? don't know why. Pro the, uh, Can you hit properties for me? Uh, there we go. Ah, uh, there it is. I right, scroll down. Interesting. Try that. See if that does anything. Okay, hold on. Ooh, boy. Yeah, I there's no. Have an idea yeah. Where I might have gone wrong here. Let me go ahead and see if I can change where the audio is outputting to on the laptop. There okay. we go. Oh, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and talk about your stuff, dude? We'll figure this out. So, anyways, um, back to uh, more Ethan Winters has. This is just kind of you know chaos. Um, but uh, bring me the Horizon released a new album, well EP, back in uh, October. And honestly, I've been listening to it pretty much every single day since I first heard it. Like, honestly, I think it's one of the coolest albums that was ever put out or just one of the coolest things just kind of put out uh, in 2020. Uh, just because it was a great collection of music. Granted, a lot of the music was actually released back in um, uh, late 2019 as well. But they've kind of been releasing tracks just kind of throughout the uh, uh, the year of 2020. 
Let's see. Sorry, I'm just also looking at the stream and trying to hear the audio. No problem. Oh, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't play it yet. Okay. Gotta love the stream delight. Oh, yeah. So, go on about the music. Anyways, yeah, um, as far as it goes, uh, the first track that I really heard from it was uh, the song Obey, which was um, uh, featured Youngblood, who I'm not the most familiar with, but hey, he actually was pretty good on the, uh, pretty good on the track. Uh, as far as it went, the song was basically a uh, fusion between, um, I guess you can say, like, new metal and electronica even though new metal is already kind of electronic. But um, as far as it goes, post-human, uh, that's a pretty good song to kind of start with. Um, as far as, say, other songs that were um, uh, released on the album, Parasite Eve, um, it has a weird chant, I assume, that comes... Was there a Parasite Eve anime? I don't know. Oh, the, there was a video game? I don't think there was an anime. Okay. Probably was based off of, like the video game, but honestly, yeah. I wasn't a fan of it. It's the chorus sounded a little awkward. Just yeah. Um, then there's uh, the song "Teardrops," which it gives me heavy Linkin Park vibes. Like seriously, it's almost one to one, like a Chester Bennington song. <laughs> uh, when it comes to uh, my favorite track on the album. Uh, I would have to give that honor to uh, Ludens, which was actually a tie-in for uh, Death Stranding. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they uh, made a song or two. I remember now. Yeah. And honestly, uh, I haven't heard any other song uh, related to uh, Death Stranding. But Ludens, honestly, is probably one of my new favorite songs just to come out of uh, Bring Me to Ryzen, uh, who's granted my favorite song by them before was a song called Mantra. And that song was about creating a cult just for the heck of it. I just found that to be a funny song. Uh, let's see. As far as other songs on that uh, EP, uh, I didn't find uh, Itch for the Cure to be that interesting. Uh, Dear Diary was a really good... I I think it's a pretty good song, but A, it's kind of short, and B, it's a little too screamy. So if it's not to your taste, then you, know, you can pass on that. Now, the real interesting track that I found with uh, the uh, post-human uh, survival horror EP was Kingslayer, uh, because that song featured baby metal, and if you know baby metal, then you can tell that's a very interesting combination of styles, because <laughs> you got kawaii metal versus like this industrial, like kind of neo uh, new metal uh, kind of sound. And honestly, it blends together really well. In fact, uh, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to use it for some kind of anime opening in the future. And then yeah. the last two songs, last two songs, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, one by One featuring the Nova Twins. Yeah, not the biggest fan of it, just because um, there's this one lyric that always throws me off. My mind, uh, I treat my mind like an arch enemy or something like that. Yeah, that's an awkward line to just kind of throw in there. And then 
The last one I just find kind of pretentious because it's with Amy Lee, and the song title is called One Day the Only Butterflies Left Will Be in Your Chest As You March Toward Your Death. Man, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Shortened to Butterflies, it's basically a uh, ballad between uh, Ollie Sykes and uh, Amy Lee. And honestly, if uh, and Amy Lee is the lead singer of Evanescence. So yeah, just kind of, no, I'm not interested in that. But yeah, I'd say at least the, like the half that I don't like, it's just more so that it's, I just not a fan of. I don't think they're necessarily bad. But the other half, which I really like, you know, I think it's something at least worth checking out if you're into kind of a uh, electronic, like rock, new metal, kind of grungy, uh, like blend. Because honestly, it's just really hard to describe uh, Bring Me to Horizon style because some songs they sound like a boy band, some songs they go as hard as possible, and some songs it's it's like you're wa- watching a computer program crash. Uh, you could make the argument that makes them interesting because you never know what you're going to get with their uh, style of music. Yeah. Like, honestly, um, before I always considered them just like kind of a cool, like, uh, electronic rock band, but this kind of set, like tipped them over the edge for me in terms of like just putting them up there as one of my favorite bands. Just because like they have such a unique blend of styles that I don't think anyone can really like replicate, even though like they might have things that I don't know, you could probably find from like other songs, especially like Lincoln Park in the case of this album. But yeah, um, I will say, though, um, if you're looking for music videos, the one for Luden is really good. Although, since it's a tie-in with um, uh, Death Stranding, it has some cutscenes from the game in there. Um, and then the only other ones that have music videos are Obey, which is actually kind of funny because it features two giant fighting robots. Uh, Teardrops, which is appropriately uh, depressing. Uh, and then... Uh, to Parasite Eve, which is eh. And then all the other ones have like lyric videos. They don't really have like music videos per se. Hmm. Interesting. Might have to actually go ahead and check out the artist. And what was the artist's name again? Uh, the band is called Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah. Maybe I'll give their music a try because I've heard of them, just never really you know, listen to them that much. So now nah, you, you pick my curiosity now. Yeah. Cause the main thing is, is that I get that there's a lot of music who, where it's just not for everyone. Like, you know, I can honestly say that, um, at least some of these songs, people are just guaranteed not going to like at all. Um, but in, in some cases I feel like as if you meet, if you find certain songs to be your liking, whether it be ironically or not, like I know for I know for a fact, Fry Man, uh, you actually um, kind of find um, falling in my skin to at least be funny. Yeah, the memes. Yeah, oh, yeah. can't can't argue with the memes. But yeah, I I genuinely like these guys. I I hope they uh, keep uh, putting out good content because honestly, uh, one of the bigger disappointments for me is when I heard that um um. Um, now I'm blanking on the name. Uh, uh, Deftones. Uh, they put out a new album, and all of it sounds like generic skater rock. 
So that was just kind of disappointing. Hey, it's always disappointing when a good artist puts out something and you're completely disappointed in how it turns out. Any other interesting songs tool. you've heard recently? <laughs> well, that's because Tool's um... a tool. <laughs> Um, as far as recently, um, the funny thing is that, uh, when it comes to songs that I, uh, listen to, um, you know, generally I get a lot of my sources from say like video games or the radio, or maybe I'll like hear in like a soundtrack. Um, and that still remains true. Although I found myself really attached to kind of a weird genre being like indie, because I've been listening to the GTA Five soundtrack for a while, playing with my with playing with my friends, and uh, I kind of grown attached to one of the radio stations uh, everyone hates called Radio Mirror Park, because they have a lot of songs where it's just like, oh my god, these have such amazing grooves. How have I never never heard of these before? I'll be honest. Back when I played Grand Theft Auto regularly, the radio station I liked in that game the most was the uh, ridiculous talk shows from Vice City. Yeah, especially I mostly played three growing up besides San Andreas, and I loved listening to the Chatterbox radio station because some of the shit I heard was and that thing was just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, trust me, I absolutely loved uh, West Coast talk radio on uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas just because it's like you have all sorts of freaks that just they gave radio talk show (laughs) to. Yeah. It's like it's like whose idea was it to give to give a world traveling pedophile a radio show? Actually, now that I think about it, in GTA Four, I listened to one talk show, and they had this whole infomercial, or I think it was an infomercial, or they just uh, it, they just had call-ins, and at one point there was this lady calling in to saying how she how does she deal with her husband who's addicted to video games because he's always like a dick playing the video game and then he's and it's pretty much like the the kind of gamer that's addicted to like world of warcraft is who she was describing she she legit was like yeah how do i deal with him because every because every time he every time he plays the game he's just he's just a change man and and whatnot and he actually acts he he like the video game never leaves him so he just kind of reenacts it it's it was hilarious yeah look you, you should look that up well to be fair to be fair, GTA 4 also had like a, like a parallel to Jack Thompson with the guy who said, guns don't kill people, video games do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is true. No, look, I think we can all agree when it comes to the question about whether or not guns kill people. Dale Gribble said it best. Guns don't kill people. The government does. And we're changing topic. Anyways. Resident Evil. So, time to go ahead and see yeah. if this is working properly this time around. Oh boy. Possibly. I mean, I can always just look at it, or we can just pull up like video tabs on our own. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there it is. Whoa, what? It sounds yeah, why good. is it all hiccupy? It's all choppy for some reason. God damn it, little Wayne. This is what he does. He hacks into PO. Stream should be back up in just a moment. Hey. 
Kruzana, Zekromos. Give us a second while we go ahead and see if we can get that hardware issue solved. Okay. The bell tolls for us all. Oh, sounds good. They're coming again! <laughs> Mother Miranda, I regret to inform you that Ethan Winters has escaped that fool Heisenberg. Mother Miranda. Because he is in my castle and has already proven too much for my daughters to handle. When I find him... No, Mother Miranda. Yes, of course, I understand the importance of the ceremony. I won't let you down. And the sound died on my end. Yeah, the sound died for me, too. I don't need the sound died? Yeah. Let me see what's going on there. Oh, boy. How's it now? Better. There you are. <laughs> oh, there's, there's gonna be more. Who the fuck are you? Let's see what you're really made of. Ethan Winters. <laughs> Okay, and now it's time for me to go ahead and pull up your test play footage. Yep. So what's everyone's thoughts on that trailer? Seems interesting. I've never played any of the uh, game, the blah, 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 if I could talk today. I've never played any of the Resident Evil games, really. So I'll have to go ahead, see how that's going to look, and uh, maybe actually try out one for the first time. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as it goes, it kind of reminds me of the Resident Evil 3.5 like Cookman demo. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of the point. But... They even they even have they brought back the inventory from Resident Evil 4 as well for Resident Evil 8. Hmm. But yeah, um, weird that we have the Victorian dress lady, and you know now they can like teleport with whatever virus they're hooked up with. Yeah. There's a lot of rumors going on with her. Um, I can't hear. Oh wait, I ha I, ha I had it muted. So as far as it goes, um, they're basically continuing from the direction Seven. Resident Evil Seven was going. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the story is a direct continuation. But now they're uh, bringing in Chris Redfield. Yeah, uh, the first trailer kind of hints that there's something going on with him because he kidnaps the main character's daughter and kills his wife. So it's setting up Chris to be an, a, a villain this time around. Oh. So, is this That's one what of those... he gets for punching uh, uh, innocent boulders? Is this nah, one of those games up. where? Oh, oh. Nah, I was just girl... saying. Go ahead. I was going to say for this one, will I have to go ahead and play through Resident Evil Seven to be able to follow the storyline, or will I be able to hop straight into eight? I'd say to be safe, yeah, play seven. You don't technically need to play the other ones if you want to understand seven or eight, but it does help to have a little bit of backstory, but if you just want to play them, by all means, go ahead and get seven and eight, and you're all set. Basically, they kind of made seven in response to how bad Resident Evil 6 did. They also kind of jumped on the whole PT and first-person horror game trend a little bit. But, yeah, no, I, I like the direction they're going. This new one, they really are taking risks. But this demo, to get clarification, is just a stand. It's a standalone demo to kind of mostly show off the game and what to expect. But there's not much any combat or anything of the sort. You're most. It's mostly a visual showcase. But there's supposed to be another demo coming out sometime in spring to sh so that everyone can play. This is just exclusive to the PS5 right now. Okay. So. Where is it going to go with this? Okay. So, how would you rate Resident Evil 7 having played it? I'd rate it a solid uh, 8 out of 10. It's a really good game. It got me to really try the series because I literally pre-ordered it and bought it on a whim because I thought the trailers looked interesting. And then I played it and I was like, so this is why everyone likes Resident Evil. And then I've played every game. i played the main Resident Evil games ever since. Most of them so, I like. Have you played Code Veronica? Yeah, I hate that one. So in other words, you're saying I should totes buy it while it's on sale for a tenner. I definitely would play Resident Evil 7. It's a great game. But I also recommend you play the rest of them. Not all of them are great, but yeah, no, I definitely would recommend getting into Resident Evil. I'd say the definite low point of the numbered games is six. Yeah, to some extent, five. See, five in terms of, say, story, I think is pretty weak. In terms of gameplay, if you have, like, personal play with it, it is really fun. I'd say it's weak, depending on who you ask, because... While everyone loves Resident Evil 4, the story has nothing to do with the canon that Resident Evil was going for after 1, 2, and 3. 5 was yeah. the one... 5 story brought it back on track, but people love the game Resident Evil 4, not the story as much, because it's just... it's just dumb. It's really dumb. But 5, while it definitely got the series going, at least from the story, it definitely was another kind of nail in the coffin that Resident Evil was going for, which was them trying to appeal to the Call of Duty and Gears of War crowd at the time, which didn't work out for them. Uh, kind of like how they yeah, had to do a bit of a... tired of it at that point? So it's a bit I mean... like how they... Oh. Go on, Chris. 
No, I was just making a jab at how people were already uh, tired of Call of Duty and Gears of War at that point. Oh, oh they yeah. weren't. Uh, unfortunately, they were... the fan base for Gears of War and Call of Duty weren't getting tired of it. People like you and me probably getting tired of it, especially with the larger emphasis on multiplayer, because I don't do a lot of multiplayer, even the... You know, if I do multiplayer, it's going to be something like a fighting game, not usually something like a first-person shooter half the time. Well, the rest of the Resident Evil series isn't first-person shooter. Um, like, like, 7 and 8 are, but that's just because they're the newest in the franchise. And there are, like, a couple of games on the Wii that were rail shooters, but... Yeah, but they were... Those are spinoffs. Most of the series is a third-person kind of affair, but they also had tank controls and fixed camera angles. Four, five, and six were over-the-shoulder third-person, but they were all action games more so than horror games. Then they remade Resident Evil 2 and 3. They made they re, they remade 1, but it's while it's a better game, it's it's no different. It's the same like gameplay, like it's fixed camera angles, but with slightly better controls. But it looks pretty. I'll give it that. But yeah, 2 and 3 recently they've they've remade into fur, third person over the shoulder. Over the shoulder, excuse me. Interesting. Over the shoulder. Yeah, I'll be honest. <laughs> Uh, how good was the third person uh, controls in it back in the day? Because I know back in the day, tank it's like a PS. Ah, tank controls. Okay. Well, yeah, it's I'm... also like Resident Evil Four was that game that revolutionized third person cover over the shoulder shooters. Like it was one of the first that kind of did it and did it so well that everyone copied it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, some do it better, some do it worse, but yeah. The the kind of game that Resident Evil 4 was, was pretty much what a lot of other companies kind of copied. Just to their own degree. That's why Gears of War is a thing. But it was more focused on cover shooting so much so. Oh yeah. And definitely, like, I, I've seen that happen with the first-person shooter franchise back in the day. Because I remember playing Doom, which was designed back before... It was expected a computer owner owned a mouse as well. Or, you know, back when mice were optional accessories, not something you actually plugged in right off the bat to your computer. Yeah, that I believe. But th and they had interesting ways of controlling it back then. Direct up and down aiming wasn't much of a thing. It was just getting the target at the center of the screen and firing like with the original Doom. By the way, I will say this though. Um, I think uh, my favorite way to play Resident Evil 4 is on the Nintendo Wii. Just because it feels so good to point and aim with like Leon in that game. Yeah, no, that's one of the best ways to play it, but I do feel like it doesn't, there's no like correct version of the game to play just that one is one of them but you could play the modern hd remaster and you're good to go to be no. fair you do lose out on some stuff with the gamecube version no not really no the, all that all don't you, the, don't you not get ada's story mode in, in gamecube version that, that was the ps2 version and every version yeah. every remaster is based on the ps2 version but they also included her campaign as well so I'm you're all set, really. 
Oh yeah, so what I'll do is I'll see about picking up seven after game after uh, the stream tonight. Might even see about going ahead and streaming it sometime <laughs> later in the week, most likely Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> I think I've got to work Wednesday morning. Most likely Wednesday afternoon if I want to stream it. Yeah. That chick just bit. Oh yeah. And then I took a bite out of his jugular vein. Oh, we're going to skate, boys. We're almost out. So we finally... I need to make that a sound. I took a big bite out of his jugular vein. <laughs> I really need to see about getting some sound clips set up for the uh, podcast at some point. The heck, she has Freddy Krueger claws? Yeah, yeah. The funny thing is the internet is in love with her, and it's hilarious. Not realizing that she's going at probably at the end of the game, she's going to turn into a giant monster out of out of Bloodborne. Well, what is it? Rule thirty four. If it exists, there's porn of it. I know it's just like, but it's funnier. It's a lot funnier knowing that they're really trying to make this game that scary, and it looks scary. But just wow, everyone's just head over heels for that character. Okay. But yeah, I would say as far as Resident Evil goes, Carl, um, feel free to start with like seven and eight. Um, as far as like earlier in the series, four isn't a bad one to start with. I think two is actually a pretty good one to go with if you want to yeah. play like the original versions. Well, now, if you can, I'd I get say... most of them on PC, or is it just the newer yeah, yeah, ones? Yeah. I'll be able to land no, on you, PC. No, you can get you can get all of them. Uh, you can get zero. They they, re, they HD remastered a lot of them. The only one I think you can't get would be Code Veronica, because even though technically in the in the storyline it's it is Resident Evil Three, but that's a long story. But yeah, right now there's yeah, a sale really going on. There's a sale going on for both like the ones that are already on Steam as well as the remakes and seven and eight because you can pre-order it now. So yeah, I'd say go ahead and indulge. It's a series I'd say that's worth jumping into. Okay, for seven, how is the first person uh shooter side of it? Uh, it's not don't expect like Doom or Call of Duty. It's a bit more slower and a bit more claustrophobic because it's also a horror game and it wants to scare you, but it gives you a means to fight back. So don't go in expecting doom, but it's pretty solid. Both of you play on controller and PC. Ah, so it's a bit like clock tower three wind and dined half life a little bit and gave birth to a new game. Yeah, a little bit. It's also kind of like fear. If you've ever played fear. Haven't played Fear. Though I'll be honest, I do remember playing Clock Tower 3 back in the day. That one was pretty fun. I should revisit yeah. it at some point. Yeah, that's a game I want to play. Clock Tower? Yeah, that's clock, not really clock. scary. Yeah, there's a bundle right now for Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake on Steam. They're less than 30 bucks, or about 30 bucks. I'd say that's a good deal to jump on. Okay. I'll definitely have to check that one out. Nice. Make a fan out of them yet? Well, when are you gonna play Resident Evil Seven? Um, only you've only played one, sir. Honestly, my thing is that when it comes to like horror games, now granted these aren't like you know the scariest games in the world, mind you, but it's just like 
I admire these games more for their story than, say, like the gameplay. Uh, no, trust me. Once it hits, you'll never want to stop playing them. I used to be the same way. Remember, I was, I bought, I have, I had experience with Resident Evil. My first game was five when it was brand new, when I first got a PS3. And then because of you, I tried out Resident Evil 4. I kind of, okay, I kind of get it, but I never really played the series to a degree. And I think I tried the remake of one when it got an HD remaster. And then I was like, why do people like this? This blows. But then, I don't know what it was. Seven hit a good chord with me. And I'm like, I want to play the rest of them. And then, except for maybe one or two of them, I really enjoyed them. So, All right. I, I, it's a thing of like, you just got to give it a chance. And once it and once it gets your, you sink your teeth into it, you never want to let go. Oh, yeah. Much like a zombie sinking its teeth into the flesh of its victim. And hey, you know, I'll be honest. Have you guys actually played through the Half-Life franchise at all? Yeah. Yes. I yes, I have. Okay. I yes. have. I do. I do have the VR one. I haven't finished it. But I'm Half-Life Alex. Yeah. Is it? Is Half-Life Alex any good? Because up until Half-Life Alex was released, I wasn't that interested in getting VR equipment as of yet i might consider getting it and having half-life alex be the first game i get for vr i would say it's worth it's worth playing if you have a vr but i will admit it's hard for me to tell to outright tell you if it's worth buying a vr solely for it because when i bought my vr headset i had games in mind i wanted to buy like beat saber was out and i really like that game couple other games too but you know i so and then yeah half-life alex made me pull the trigger but i made that decision when there were games i wanted if you solely are buying it for half-life alex i wouldn't recommend oh yeah like half-life alex would wouldn't be the only game i'd pick up it'd just be one of the games i'd pick up okay yeah if that's the case and you got the budget, by all means, then I'd say it's I'd say it's worth it. It'd I mean, be I'd a bit before that, uh... I get the budget because the headset I'd want to get is gonna cost me a pretty penny because I'd probably go for the Valve Index. Oh yeah, I mean, that's fair. yeah. You <laughs> good luck with that one. It's like um, I I'd also say though. Uh, if I could mention, uh, I would also say, though, another game probably worth getting a VR headset for is, ironically, Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. I think the newest one... I'm not even is... joking. Um, well, um, what's it called? Um, uh, I think it's like Intruder or something. Um, but yeah, VR uh, Help Wanted, I think, is honestly one of the coolest games ever released for VR at the moment. Uh, what's the newest one called? Uh, oh, Security Breach. That's what the newest one is called. It's not out yet. Though. By the way, yeah, it's not out yet. Uh, he uh, he hasn't mentioned. Um, Scott Coffin mentioned like in his uh, YouTube channel that um, it might come out in May. Mm, okay. Which hey, that's pretty cool. What was interesting is that Sony, in their last PS5 showcase, before they released the PS5, they actually highlighted that game as one of the big announcements there. And I'm like, wow, he's Scott Coffin's come really far. 
Yeah, he went from a guy who was like working like I don't even know. I think he was working like some kind of like customer service job, and then he uh, uh, was making these like like really bad like Christian games, and then he made Five Nights at Freddy's on a whim, and then well, kind of, not really on a whim, but mostly because people said that the characters he designed looked like creepy Chuck E. Cheese animatronics, and then because of that, he actually ended up making a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic killer game. <laughs> huh. He also, yeah, he was also raising his fa- a family too. Like, yeah, man, he he really struck struck himself gold there, and he set himself up. No, nothing, yeah. nothing but res- nothing but respect there for me, because that's not an easy yeah. thing to do. And, and um, I would probably also say though is like, um, like bear in mind. I don't really like the games, if that sounds funny enough, but I love, like, the story he puts behind them. Because, man, that guy can weave, like, lore and story and, you know, hidden Easter rays and all sorts of stuff into his games. And it's just like, wow, this guy has an eye for, like, just hiding details. I mean, I don't know. He, he, He inspires me in a way. I wish I could, like, just come up with some stuff that would just be, like, super crazy. People would have to, like, try their hearts out to try and figure out. But, yeah, you had something to say, Carl? I was going to say, yeah, uh, taking a look at the Valve Index, though, it looks like that actually does come with uh, Half-Life Alex right off the bat, which is pretty nice oh, to see. Oh, yeah. yeah. They, had a prom- they had a promotion for that. If for when when you bought when you bought the index like any part of the index because it has separate accessories that you get Half Life Alex for free. I did not know they were still doing that. I thought that was yeah. only until it came out. Only problem is if I get the Valve Index, I'm gonna need the uh, light boxes and the controllers with it. It is gonna cost about a thousand bucks for it all, but it keeps yeah. me out of it keeps me still not having to deal with Facebook like. That is where Oculus lost me is when they got sold to Facebook. I knew they were going to eventually pull the bullshit where you would be required to have a Facebook account. I knew that that was guaranteed to happen. And here's the thing. I don't have to worry about Facebook ever acquiring the Valve Index. Because let's face it, Gabe Newell's already has plenty of fucking money. He doesn't need Facebook. Like Steam does not need Facebook's money. It's why we haven't seen a lot of new games from them in the last, you know, 15 years is because they make hand over fist more money selling games than they would ever developing games. However, though, because of Half-Life Alex, they're making new Half-Life games. Yeah, and I'm glad to see it. I want to see more Half-Life games. Like, you, To put it into perspective, I've been playing the Half-Life franchise since I was probably about five. So I'm excited for the idea of more Half-Life games. Which is funny because the first Half-Life game is actually kind of scary. You find the half the original Half-Life game scary? If you were a kid. Well just because of well, just because of the sound design. It's like I played that game like um like uh two years ago. Uh and it's like the sound design is like so visceral for that game and it's just like why am I terrified to like go around a corner when I already know like <laughs> that's you know, what's going on. <laughs> that's fair. There was a period of my life where I could damn near play through Half Life blind. 
Like that that was kind of the funny part of it because you know back in the day I didn't have a shit ton of games. What I gamed on back in the day was a Windows 98 computer. So I could get whatever the hell I could get running on Windows 98. So I played a hell of a lot of Half-Life, hell of a lot of the OG Doom, plenty of a Dark Colony, which unfortunately we have yet to see uh, it become available on any kind of modern day uh, selling platform. Like you have to have discs from back in the day to be able to play the game. It is actually like one of my all-time favorite RTS games. Have you got? Are you guys familiar with Dark Colony at all? No, the name sounds familiar though. But yeah, I've never played it or know anything about it. Yeah, so essentially, Dark Colony real-time strategy, kind of in the vein of like Empire Earth. Uh, it was rated M. Basically, the concept was humans versus a breed of aliens called the Greys from back in the day. Like, let me actually real like, quick for the stream kinda, pull up a couple of screenshots like of it. Yeah, it sounds like StarCraft a little bit. Kind of, but looks a bit different. So, let me go ahead pop back over to the Sunday stream. But yeah, like that there is a screenshot of the game. That's essentially what you kind of dealt with graphics-wise. Not necessarily the uh, largest maps of any game or anything like that. Like I think StarCraft had larger maps, but it's just one that I wholeheartedly enjoyed with how they had their units set up. And both humans and them had like equivalent units. But, you know, obviously tailored more toward the design factors of, you know, hey, these are alien units and these are Earth units. Along with that, one of the cool factors that they had about that is they actually had a day-night cycle in the game. And the Greys were actually stronger at night, whereas the humans actually did better in combat during the day cycle. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Uh, that's actually, like... I think not a lot of modern RTSs even have that mechanic. I think they just have static map that you fight enemies on, and then you know it's a ma it's a war of attrition at that point to see who wins. Oh yeah, well, like don't get me wrong, that's perfectly fine. It, it's just one of those things. That's one of the things I liked about it is they made that distinction. And Chris, you had something to say. I was gonna say. To be fair, when it comes to, like, say, you know, creative designs for, like, you know, something like a strategy game, it kind of, like, I was kind of just reminded, it might be unrelated and just totally, but I was kind of reminded of the whole, like, transforming terrain from um, Fire Emblem uh, uh, Fates, because you could actually, like, you actually got a power to change, like, the environment around you, and that was a cool design. Too bad it was attached to Fire Emblem Fates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fire. They made mistakes with Fire Island Fates, but then they brought it back with Free Houses. So, give them credit. But anyways, go on, Carl. Go off. Oh, that's about all that I uh, had to say about like Dark Colony. You know, it's just you guys got me kind of thinking of those style of games, dude. Dark Colony. Honestly, what I'd like to do is I'll see if I can track down where my copy is. See if I can get it set up for us to maybe actually stream you and maybe us playing over the internet with it 
see if we can get that up and running. Because that, I think, would make for an interesting stream. Because you don't see a lot of Dark Colony plays these days. Because, like I said, you can't really get it unless you can find a Dark Colony on disc somewhere. Yeah, I'd imagine, like, some of the older PC games might be harder to find nowadays. Actually, I just went to Amazon. There's used copies that go around for $15. Oh, Well, uh, this is awkward. You, you, you probably have to like do some kind of, you know, like a. You probably have to download like a fan made patch. Probably change some letters in the code to get it to work. I mean, watching watching Roscott kind of made me realize that to make a lot of older games work nowadays, you have to download or do VPNs and all sorts of stuff. No, no. One thing I'm going to state that. Uh, he really needs to try at this point. And I know he probably gets tired of hearing this recommendation. But from what I've heard, when it comes to running older games, there are certain older games that Linux just runs better. Because all you need to do is run it through like Wine or Proton, and it runs without a hitch. Whereas you have to do all these extra steps as well. Now, I will give it, if I understand why people stick with Windows, I stick with Windows these days in for quite a few reasons. At this point, there's, you know, NVIDIA drivers are unfortunately better on Windows. So I stick with that for most of my gaming. And, but at the end of the day, where was it going with that sentence? I'll say this, though. Looking at who made it does surprise me. But they might also have be the ones that hold the rights to it. If, if you ever want to see a, a re-release at some point. Oh, I forgot who made it. Rock, Rockstar Toronto. Are they still even active? Probably, probably not. I mean, okay, the original like copy... Company name no. I was just going to say, when I hear a big company name followed by a location, that usually implies that they're dead at this point, thanks to yeah, no, you know, no. companies like EA. Well, it's more yeah. so that... They're probably around. It's just like most of Rockstar's studios that they own, they mostly are getting told to make uh, <laughs> content for GTA Online or Red Dead Online because that's all that they care about now. Oh, uh, yeah. Rockstar has been interesting in the last several years. So uh, originally Dark Colony was released out by Take-Two Interactive. Though at first I was thinking, oh, it might be made by Sierra, back when Sierra was a thing, and then I felt old for a second. Because, <laughs> dude, <laughs> Sierra games used to be... Like, literally, it would not be uncommon for me to see that Sierra logo in a given week, back in the day. Whereas, you know, I don't think I've seen that on any game made with the last 15-ish Let's see when Sierra went out of business. Yeah, they might have gotten absorbed into Universal and then probably sold them off to Activision. Sounds like the fate that usually happens. Oh, uh, no, they sounds been... like a lot of hoopla. Yeah, they've been dead, and then they were they moved over somewhere else. Okay, looks like they. Okay, I stand corrected. I just missed some of their more recent games. They have released a a King's Quest back in 2015. But it looks like they've been absorbed by Activision. So, 
And that last King's Quest game was not bad. They tried to go the Telltale Games route of releasing an episodic game, like a few, like bi-monthly or something like that. But while it was good, it wasn't really like a big hit or anything. So we haven't had any King's Quest games since then. And uh, yeah, like you said, owned by Activision. There, you're not going to see anything, unfortunately. Which, speaking of which, recently Activision made a move I'm not happy with at all. What did they do this time? They absorbed another one of the companies that they currently own, and they were having a good winning streak the past three years. But no, they got absorbed into Blizzard, and now are only making, helping make uh, World of Warcraft stuff and Diablo. Apparently, they're making a Diablo 2 remake and helping I with thought Activ- I thought Activision got absorbed by Blizzard a long-ass time ago. Yeah. They're, no, I think that's the other way around. They absorbed Blizzard, and then they, they like, their parent company is now Activision Blizzard. Yeah. So, yeah, and in case you're wondering, Chris, this is where you're going to be upset. They took away... Uh, vicarious visions yeah in case you're you're wondering uh vicarious visions they they mostly were known for helping port certain games over to consoles and they did make some like crash bandicoot and spyro games for the gba but oh yeah they were also responsible for the doom free port to the original xbox but recently they found success with remaking the original Crash Bandicoot trilogy and the the recent Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Looking through their catalog, that reminds me, Sierra Studios was the studio that brought from the game manufacturer Valve the Half-Life franchise back in the day. (laughs) Really? Yeah, it was actually Sierra Studios. They were the publisher, whereas Valve was the developer at the time. Of course, you know, this was going back into the mid to late 90s, where honestly, at that time, Steam wasn't a thing. So, you know, Steam just published, Valve just publishing games uh, directly to their own storefront. Not really a thing you could do back in 1998 9. No. Could you imagine trying to download games on fucking dial up? That sounds like a nightmare and a half. Jesus. Especially with those one gigabyte day one patches. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, I remember back when they had to have the game ready to go way in advance. Because, you know, they had to put it onto the disc and it had to work. They couldn't force you. They couldn't put it onto the disc not working. And then just expect people to get a day one patch. I kind of miss that back in the day. That is something I am still salty about with how a lot of modern games are handled. Yeah, especially recent examples. And all those games that are, you know, what was what, what's the term going around? The, uh... Shit, what Bank. <laughs> Bank, no. Uh... Some of the leaders? Oh, get the games as a service type game. Oh yeah, games that... as a service. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we have too many of those now, especially that Avengers game that costs, I think, Square Enix like billions of dollars. 
in lost profits. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure how it's going to end up being a sustainable model. No, the only one it worked with is Destiny. Every other game, not really. Like, there's been too many examples I've seen where that just doesn't work very well. I mean, the Division kind of worked, worked out eventually, but then it, it kind of became dead. Uh, Anthem is one fucking dead. 100%. Even the re, even though they're trying to remake it, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, what else was there? What other game was there? Oh yeah, Avengers, of course. Yeah, good luck with Avengers. Yeah, it's like games as a service. Those that I can't stand. And you know, it's like what what bugs me about some modern day games is when I load up a game, there's no way that a triple a game that's not listed as early access should feel less put together than an early access indie game because there are times i play some early access indie games that are being created by like three people that are more put together than what some of the triple a publishers have considered a finished product i mean for the love of God, Minecraft in its early access phase felt more complete than some of those uh, uh, AAA games that have been released. Any game in Steam Greenlight's more complete than modern games. Let's be real here. <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah, no, Greenlight was a nightmare. Look, I'll be honest, I don't really touch early access games to begin with unless I'm specifically recommended them by a friend at the end of the day. Because, like, that... But that's me personally. It's just like I have seen so many early access games just get the just turn out to be absolute horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, there's a lot of stories going around just of certain games when they win for early access. Uh, There was a YouTuber I watched. He covered a game called Starforge and it was basically the No Man's Sky of of like the early 2010s and it looked unfinished and bad but there have been some good ones uh what was it the village not the village uh the forest i've seen that's a pretty solid game basically rust of rust out of story mode and you can play with your friends without other people getting on your shit yeah it looked pretty good and it's getting a sequel i think this year and that one's looking promising and uh, what what was the other one? Oh yeah, Subnautica. I think that was a that was both a kickstarted and early access game, and that game turned out really well. No, yeah, no, I I've got some. Let me actually look through my Steam library. I know I have some early access games in there that have turned out pretty well for me. Oh yeah, Hades was good, and so it was Risk of Rain too. But I didn't. I don't have much experience with Risk of Rain too. But it looks really good. I think I played a little bit of Risk of Rain's. Uh, oh. Rampage Knights. Rampage Knights was a pretty good game that was early access, if not still is. Let me go ahead and see if it's still considered early access. Are you guys familiar with Rampage Knights at all? No, actually, no. So Rampage Knights, it's a... uh, Let's see, is it still early access? Okay, it's no longer being listed as early access, so it looks like it's out of its early access phase. But essentially, it was a beat-em-up that you could play either single-player or multiplayer. 
and along that it was a roguelike so like every playthrough is going to be different with different power-ups and stuff that you'll be able to collect throughout hmm. okay so yeah if you like the beat-em-up brawler types and things like that it's something that i honestly would recommend checking out for you guys and like All come right. to think of it i wonder if we can do rampage nights as three players let me go ahead and take a look yeah, no, I'm, I have it on. St I'm looking at Steam on Steam. Yeah, it's got online co-op, but I've. I'm hoping what I'm seeing is like it has actual online co-op, not like remote play together, because that's not going to be. Fun. Yeah, it's got act. So it's got actual online co-op because I've done online co-op with it since before Steam remote play was a thing. Okay, good because. I like remote play as a concept and all that, but it's not the best right now. There's a lot of things to make that need to be done to make remote play good. And I understand what like Steam's trying to go for. Like they've already released technologies such as, you know, the Steam Link before they discontinued it and turned it into just like a Raspberry Pi option. Like there's a lot of good things you can do with the technology. But actually trying to stream that over the internet is very, very difficult. Unless you can get ping times to be incredibly low. And that's going to be the weakest technology of the uh, aspect of the technology. It's the further away someone lives from you, the worse it's going to be. Like, honestly, remote play, if you have decent enough internet connection and you're hardwired in, if you and me were to try it, would probably work out relatively okay. Whereas, you know, if I try to do it with a friend in Florida, there's probably going to be a hell of a lot more ping there. And, you know, it's like there's more things that need to kind of go into it and just, uh, you know, having online play built into games is going to be a better option. Mm -hmm. And now my brain is done with the sentence as I was trying to form it. <laughs> Yes. By the way, so didn't we have a trailer we wanted to watch today? Oh yes. Let me go ahead. Oh yeah, we have prepped and ready. So, All right, Godzilla versus Kong. Here we go. This is our only chance. We have to take it. What's coming? This child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same. Godzilla. 
out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why. There's something provoking him that we're not seeing here. I'm of the same opinion. The myths are real. There was a war. And they're the last ones standing. I keep reaching for greatness because I'm built from it. Well, okay. That was uh, it feels weird. Yeah. It doesn't. All that pops into my mind is hashtag not my Godzilla. <laughs> like literally, as I was watching that trailer, that is literally what popped into my mind was hashtag not my Godzilla. Is it because of how he looks or the direction they're taking it? Kind of a bit of both. Yeah, I'll admit I was a bit at first when I saw Godzilla, I was a bit eh about it. Looked a little weird compared to how I'm used to seeing him, but at the same time, it's like, eh, okay, he's he's okay. I'm used to it. But yeah, that trailer, at least what the movie's hinting at, yeah, I don't believe that this Kong could take out this Godzilla, especially because we've had two movies with him where he did some shit. <laughs> But there is like a theory going on about what the real plot of the movie is. And I'll be honest, uh, if it is related to the recent Kong and Godzilla movies that have gotten released, I'll have to go ahead and kind of get caught up on those. Because I haven't watched, kept track of the franchises for many, many years. Honestly, I'm big on the old ones. I grew up on the old ones. And... You know, I'm a bit of a classics fan in that regards. I didn't yeah. quite take to the remakes in the way that I did the original uh, ones. Yeah, they did make a new Godzilla film in Japan called, I think it was Shin Godzilla. It was decent for what it was. I definitely give it a try, but they've been trying to make another one. It's just they can't because currently they the over here in america we have the license to use godzilla and to, and once it after this film then the rights can go back to 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 toho the production company and then they can start making their own films but yeah that's kind of the state of godzilla for the time being but the first american one it was all right it wasn't a, it was pretty good for what it was uh the kong film was decent a little better but it was just okay. And then Godzilla King of Monsters, the last one, it had some good fight scenes and it looked good, but it was a pretty boring film. Outside Man. of all those that I just mentioned. I need to see if I can go ahead and get my hands on some of the uh, older Kong films, like in a big-ass collection, for me to put up onto my Jellyfin server. <laughs> but one of the biggest advantages of DVDs and Blu-rays is being able to go ahead, rip the media off, and place it on to my own personalized private Netflix. 
Yeah, can't argue that. So, show what did you think of uh, Godzilla versus Kong? Honestly, it just really didn't look remarkable in any way whatsoever. Like even as a even though it's a Godzilla versus Kong film, it you're just like no, doesn't look good. It's not that it doesn't look good; it's that it doesn't look like anything. Yeah, it's just literally the two of them fighting. With Monster the, fighting I, films need to get hyped up and need to make you excited. Like to put it into perspective, I think monster films, if they don't get if they're not designed in a way where they can get nerds excited like rednecks over a NASCAR explosion, they've done the film wrong. <laughs> yeah. It also but it's also they're they're releasing it on both in both theaters and on HBO Max. And most people would probably go see it on HBO Max, considering they don't really want to go out to the movie theaters during this time. I'm but, sadly yeah. at the point where I want it on DVD or Blu-ray for a lot of things. Yeah, going out to the movies, even pre-COVID, was kind of annoying anyway. A lot of planning, a lot of money you got to put together, unless you and go by an elective hit. <laughs> and then what? And that's when the laxative hit. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like, I'll be honest with you, not much to say on theaters. Like, they just price gouge you on so much. And, like, the thing that upsets me most is how they price gouge you on some of the fucking food and stuff in there. It's, especially on the popcorn. As someone that Mm -hmm. makes popcorn at home. I can tell you for what the fucking price uh, that they charge you for popcorn at home, you could feed literally probably the number, the number, the like 2,500 troops we've got in Afghanistan right now. You could probably give them all a bowl of popcorn for the cost that they charge you for a single bowl if you were to go ahead and make it yourself. True. Yeah. I think I can kind of understand to a degree why they're expensive. That's their that's where their profit comes from and most of their revenue really. Not so much the films, just like getting you to buy the stuff in the movies, in the movie theaters. So that's why they're also struggling during this time. But yeah, you're not wrong. That shit's expensive. Oh yeah, and like the, the the biggest thing is, like, the popcorn, that's pretty automatic in how that gets popped and made. Like, they just need to put the kernels on the top, let it pop itself. They don't even really need to watch it, and then they just need to scoop it into a container for you. And literally, not buying wholesale like a uh, movie theater would. You know, standard fucking retail price for an eight-pound pack of Orville Redenbachers off Amazon is less than 12 bucks. Is literally nine cents an ounce, and that's not even like going for a wholesale price. And you get more out of it instead of just one bag of popcorn. To put it into perspective, when I was eating popcorn almost like at least three or four times a week, that got me through about a year worth of popcorn. So that makes a shit ton of popcorn, like no tomorrow. Cause I, I want I don't bother with the microwave popcorn, cause that's honestly a rip off cost wise as well. At the end of the day, you know, yeah, I like microwave popcorn shit. 
Microwave popcorn. Popcorn elitist. It, it's one of those microwave <laughs> popcorn uh, makes popcorn. sense. You're paying very much for the convenience there. And that's what you pay for the microwave popcorn. I just so happen to own a popcorn maker. Uh, well, a popcorn pan for that's specifically engineered for making popcorn on the stove. So it doesn't take me that much longer to just go ahead and make it from scratch. Plus, you can make it in coconut oil, which is a little bit healthier than the smothered oil and butter that they put the microwave popcorn in. Yeah, to each their own. So, I will admit, it is fucking delicious. It is delicious. Okay, and uh, reading through the uh, Amazon page on the fucking kernels that I was talking about just got <laughs> ridiculous. 100% whole grain, gluten-free popcorn. Mm. Yes, the kernels of corn don't contain gluten. That's kind of self-explanatory. That's like saying water is wet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just trying to wrap my head around gluten-free popcorn. That's, yeah, no, I wouldn't eat it. Also, gluten isn't, like, even necessarily bad. It's just the people who are allergic to gluten can't eat the stuff, and that's for obvious reasons. And it's like, the thing about gluten-free, things like gluten-free popcorn, it's like, popcorn doesn't have wheat like popcorn should never have gluten in it if your popcorn has gluten in it your popcorn is contaminated at that point literally nothing that goes into making popcorn contains fucking gluten it's like the time i saw gluten-free sauerkraut and i'm like and i'm like you know i don't even need sauerkraut but even if i did i'd be disappointed in that brand because Gluten-free. You know, I can honestly, I can honestly imagine like uh, Coke releasing Dasani as gluten-free water. Did you hear about how Dasani outright failed in the UK? What they do in the UK? Okay, so one thing to keep in mind is that back when Dasani went over to the UK, what bottled water was was different in the states than what it was in the uk so in the states you know water has basically always pretty much been purified tap water at the end of the day however in the uk bottled water was actually a bit more expensive because it was typically like actual spring water so it was actually specialized and not just straight out of a tap And they tried to release Dasani there, and it eventually got out that it was purified tap water. And that wasn't quite enough to nail it in the head, because they did sell it for quite a bit cheaper than most other bottled water brands. So, you know, it was sold there as a convenience factor, kind of like how bottled water is sold here in the States. You know, you don't, unless you don't own, like, a water cooler in your house or anything like that, for most people, bottled water is bought for convenience, not for everyday drinking at the house. Uh, but they had their uh, factory actually get contaminated at one point. And that's what kind of sealed the deal and ended Dasani as a brand in the uh, UK. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm pretty sure uh, Dasani would have failed anyways just because 
Honestly, if you have bottled water, why is your bottled water carbonated? You're, when you open up a bottle of water, it should not hiss. Wait, Dasani is carbonated? It has to be because every time you open a bottle of Dasani, it hisses. Ew. Didn't even know that. And I don't know, some people like, what is it, LaCroix that is the uh, carbonated, slightly... That's carbonated water, that's different. Like, that's sparkling water, essentially. They don't get carbonated water, what the hell's the point? For for some people, sparkling water is just basically like, um... Like, I kind of like this, I kind of like, say, um... Not LaCroix specifically, but, uh, Perrier. It's kind of like Sprite without the lemon lime taste, just to be honest. Just kind of like that fizz. Yeah, I'm not. Yes. I'm personally not a fan of either one. So, but yeah, good, carry on. I've tried Lacroix. Respect to those that enjoy it. If you enjoy Lacroix, have fun with Lacroix. It tastes like hot garbage to me, though. <laughs> nice. I don't know. Yeah, I never personally tried LaCroix. LaCroix, sorry. But it's just like, I've tried, what was, how was the other one pronounced? Pierre, right? Perrier. Pierre? Perrier. Yeah, Perrier, not a fan at all. But it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Personally, I'll just drink regular filter water, personally. Or yeah, just like... bottled water I get from Kirkland or something. Yeah, it's like me. I prefer my filtered water. It's why one of the first things they did once I moved into this place was install a water filter. Worth every penny of it. Convenience of filtered water straight, uh, basically straight out of my own personal tap. Also means that I've got plenty of water to use in cooking and everything. So it gets rid of all the crappy taste that's in the Vegas water out here. Smart. So, what's uh, what's next on the on the on the soda list? tier list? Oh boy, we gotta end it. We gotta end up with a tier list. I mean, it's gotta be good. Yeah, let's go ahead and see how long this tier list takes us. Let me go ahead and get everything prepped up for that. Weird fucking. Because I honestly love that uh, fast food tier list that we did uh, last time. Uh, here we go. Okay, first things right off the bat, a repeat. For offender from last time, A and W. Okay, A and W the restaurant is bad. A and W root beer, I think, is actually good. Not as good as Bangs, but I would honestly put that in a B tier. If you're looking for root beer, that's not a bad one to start with. A and W is good. Now, what about Dr Pepper? Dr Pepper. Oh, do you have an opinion, Furman? Oh, with A and W, it's okay. I prefer Mug, but it's okay. Uh, but Dr Pepper is a solid A tier for me, though. That's that's my second. Oh, yeah. uh, that's my second soft drink outside of my number one, and then the number three would be Coke easily. Okay, and what about Pepsi? Can we all agree F tier? No, no, S- not for me. S tier, son. S tier. I would say it's at least B tier. Pepsi is the goat. I don't know. I kind of disagree. I- I'll, I'll give you this one, Fryman, but in my opinion, Coke is the inherent superior cola. I mean, I'll admit, it's I've tasted both. I can understand why one would choose Coke or Pepsi, but me, oh, I've, always, I've always liked Pepsi. 
the most. Well, let's let's slow down, Carl, because uh, we want to make sure this is at least kind of unanimous. Like, do we at least agree like A and W is B tier? Yeah, yeah. A and W would be B tier. I'll agree that Dr Pepper's A tier. What are your thoughts on Dr Pepper, Chris? Yeah, definitely A tier. Pepsi. Like for me, Dr Pepper's S tier, but I would I would settle for A tier just for a unanimous decision. Yeah. My my thing is a lot of sodas for me don't hit up to the A tier uh the S tier beverage wise. Like not too many uh sodas all listed S tier. Now, Pepsi yeah. I'll accept that it's S tier cuz I know no, there's no, a lot would, of people that would, love Pepsi. Down to B tier. My biggest thing, well, you know, let's put that probably in the middle between you two at about A tier. I'm going to stay out of the Pepsi one just because Pepsi's way too sweet for my taste. And that really offsets. Like, that's the thing that kind of makes me prefer Coke over Pepsi is that Coke has a different taste and it's not quite as sweet. Whereas when I try to drink a Pepsi, it feels like I'm taking a sledgehammer of sugar to the face. Mm, Fair enough. Now, All right. uh, Fanta. Yeah, Fanta. Actually, Fanta, I think, is solid B. It's, it's an, it depends on the Fanta. I mostly drink the orange one, but yeah, it's not bad. I put it as a B tier if I'm looking for something uh, different. Yeah, typically I'm not looking out for fruity sodas. Fanta is an inoffensive choice. Um, yeah, I would settle on B tier. Yeah, I kind of agree. Like, the fruit sodas are kind of weird. Now, some of the Mexican markets in my area serve, like, this small independent apple one that I don't think is on this list. I'd probably take one of those over a Fanta, but that's more of a craft soda, and it's not a fair fight there once you start throwing in the craft sodas against the standard, uh, what you can get at most fast food restaurants or shops, you know? Fair, yeah, fair enough. How about, oh... Speaking of the devil, how about LaCroix? <laughs> That's not uh, a soda. It's, it's probably owned by a soda company, so it kind of got looped in with the, the rest of them. Uh, I think it's C, primarily because I've never had it, so I'll be fair until I actually try it. But who knows? I mean, we haven't even had it. Why is it even on his list? Just get it out of here. I'll or, be put honest, it, sorry, or, or you can put it, put it in the tier. Yeah, I'm going to put it in Z tier. To put it in the perspective kind of what LaCroix tastes like, imagine if you took a, let's say it's a lemon-lime style LaCroix, right? Imagine if you take a tablespoon of 7-Up or whatever your preferred lemon-lime soda is. You put that into an 8-ounce can filled the rest of the way with just straight carbonated water. That's what LaCroix tastes like. Hmm. It's I'll basically give it a try, but, yeah. I'll still give yeah. it a try, but I'll admit that does not sound appealing at all. Yeah. Next up is Schweppes. Is that a, a ginger ale? Yes, it's a ginger ale. Yeah, it's a type of ginger ale. Yeah, I've never had it, so you, you it's on it's on you guys. I'd say C tier. I mean there's nothing wrong with it, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to grab one. I'll be honest, Sweps, it's an okay brand, but literally the only reason I'm going to pick up Sweps over something like uh, Canada Dry is literally a, hey, it's cheaper than Canada Dry at Smith's today. Yeah. 
Now, next anyway. up is 7-Up. Mm. Uh, I, I prefer... Yeah, B, I, I put it in C because personally I prefer uh, Sprite or, or Sierra Mist even over 7-Up. But I would say drop it down to C because I say D tier because honestly, Seven Up out of all like the lemon lime sodas, that's probably my least favorite. I'll be honest, I'm not big on Sierra on Seven Up either, so I might kind of agree either C or D tier there with you guys, just because Seven Up once again, it's one of those things a bit like Schweppes. I get it when it's cheaper than the alternative. Now Sierra Mist, I'm gonna stay out of this one. Because I've only had it once within the last several years, and I think the fast food restaurant had their uh, machine broken that day because it tasted mm-hmm. like it was just like halfway watered down uh, Sprite at the time. Yeah, that's not a fair comparison. I would no. say Sierra Miss is A tier for me. Uh, it's C tier for me at, at most. Okay, then B tier uh, meet at the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. And how about Squirt? Squirt's okay. I haven't had it. It's in a not while. a lemon lime soda. It's a uh, grapefruit it's soda. A, it's a yeah. I'd put it C. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I tried Squirt before and like uh, like a couple times before, and I've never liked it. Anytime I've tried it, so I'd actually put that in a, a D tier. Yeah, it's like I'm kind of neutral on Squirt. Squirt is just kind of a weird flavor. Like there is a solid reason. Why I don't know another company or another manufacturer that has done a grapefruit soda. Squirt yeah, kind of like cornered the market sour. there. There's not too, there's not too many customers that go after grapefruit flavored soda at the end of the day. Now, how about Capri Sun? Mm. Uh, I liked it more as a kid. It's okay today, but solid C at best. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's basically the kids like lunch item like because they they're not supposed to be given sodas. Yeah, kinda. Ooh. You guys still there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're here. Okay, sorry about that. Give me one second. My computer screen randomly locked up on me. There we go. Oh, you're good. Yeah, stream's good too. Okay, there we go. So, next up is Canada Dry. I like Canada Dry. Yeah, Honestly, I, like Canada. I like Canada Dry too. Honestly, A-tier it's so S-tier. consistent. I think it would be S tier for me. Yeah, just solid B for me. I like it more so uh, when I got nothing else to drink, but it's solid on its own in its own right. Honestly, I think I'm aside a bit with Chris on this one at the S tier, just because. For me, Canada Dry is like my go-to ginger ale. It is, honestly, it's the one that I prefer to have stocked in the house. And it's usually one I keep stocked in the house for whenever, you know, I'm feeling sick or whatever. And it's always great to have. Now, how about Kool-Aid? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly... The, the problem with Kool-Aid is that you need a lot of sugar to make it taste like anything good. And I only like lemon Kool-Aid. I'm good. Yeah, I would say that's actually an E tier for me. 
That's that. Yeah. I'll be honest. I I think it's better than Lacroix, so I think we should put it in the F tier because it's better than Lacroix. However, I'm also gonna state that the only real good thing about it, in my opinion, is it is goddamn dirt cheap at the end of the day. Like <laughs> yeah. that's its yeah. big. That's that is its like big advantage. Yeah, it its big advantage is I am broke, but I don't want to drink. You know, it's the, I am so broke, I don't have access to good tasting water in my house, so this will make me actually drink. Because let's face it, when all you have is tap water, it's a lot, that's how a lot of people don't get enough water in their day-to-day -day life, is if they only have access to Vegas tap water, because that stuff is garbage. With that right, in mind, so... next up is uh, Mug Root Beer. Yeah, now I'm personally, it's the only real root beer I liked, and A and W is just not for me, so I'd put it above A and W. But it's a honestly, I'm in the beer. opposite. Mug, I think, is lesser than A and W. Um, like it doesn't have enough vanilla taste for me. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. How about you, Carl? Uh, honestly. Funny thing here is I'm kind of between you guys. I rate it kind of with AMW. It is slightly better than AMW, but not by much. Honestly, I'm more of a Barks fan. Like, if I'm going to go root beer, it's got to be Barks. Or, like, you know, for my preferential. If I'm going to go for a mainstream one, it's got to be Barks. Or it's got to be, like, one of the fancy, ridiculously expensive craft ones that I'm always too cheap to bother with. Yeah. Now, what's your so, thoughts on Barks, Ryan? Man? Over Barks. Oh. I've never had Barks, so it's up to you. It's up to you too. Honestly, I th I think that's the best root beer. S tier. I would say. Um, now the real question is, if you're going to go to like say a fridge at like a gas station and you have to pick some, uh, pick out a soda. Would you pick Canada Dry or would you pick Barks? I'd pick Canada Dry. I'd probably pick Barks for no other reason than I prefer root beer if I'm just picking up a beverage to drink. Whereas ginger ale is usually kind of a, hey, I'm not feeling that great type of beverage. What about yourself, so Scarlett? I yeah, I would say by that measure, that would put Barks into uh, S tier. Okay. Now, next up comes Sunkissed. <laughs> Sunkissed? Uh, I think uh... I've had them a few times. They're okay. But I, I drink Fanta before Sunkissed. Honestly, I can't even remember the last time I had a Sunkist. I think it's just comparable to the taste of, like, Orange Fanta. Mm -hmm. Okay. Honestly, I think Cause... I'd take Fanta before Sunkist, though, so I might kind of stick with Fryman on this one. Put it a ring below yeah. Fanta. Because my problem is, is that orange soda is a lot like pizza to me. Like, yeah, there's different pizza chains, and they all have, like, different qualities, but at the end of the day... They all fulfill the same purpose for me. 
Does that mean when we do a pizza tier list, it's only going to be between me and Carl to have the real opinions? <laughs> well, we, we already did like the fast food tier list and we rated like the pizzas all together aside from Domino's. Now, at the end of the day, real quick, before we get onto the other sodas, because there's an honorary mention I want to bring up here that's not actually on the list. And that is going to be Cactus Cooler. Have you guys ever had that? No. I've never had Cactus Cooler. It is an interesting soda. It's actually, it was very popular where I lived back in the day. It's essentially an orange pineapple soda. Oh, that's interesting. It kind of corners a market like Squirt, where, you know, it's the only specific orange pineapple combo soda I know of. But it's also at least on par with, like, A&W Mug and Sierra Mist. Not necessarily something I constantly go out of the way for, but definitely a good thing to have. All right. Now, what about Monster? Oh, that's an energy. That's an energy drink. Yeah, why did they put it? This energy. This uh, like, this is terrible. Yeah. Um, I've had I monster. Red Bull. Yeah, I, I would prefer a Red Bull over a Monster. I do like Monster coffee, and that's not too bad. In all fairness, I would put it in C. We're just yeah, talking the energy drink. That's what I was thinking. C tier. Now, what about? Fresca. I have never had Fresca. I only the most I know about Fresca is that it was a prominent story point in season two of the show The Boys. Otherwise, no, I I've never had Fresca. You have an opinion? No, I have no opinion whatsoever. Okay, we'll have we'll put it down with Corey because apparently none of us have had it. What about Pib Extra? Never had Pib. I have, um, it's basically kind of like a substitute Dr. Pepper. Um, I would say it's B tier, like it's just Dr. Pepper if if you're at a movie theater and don't have Dr. Pepper. What about Snapple? Never had Snapple. It never looked good to me. Yeah, D tier, honestly, I've had Snapple before. It's fine if someone gives it to you, but not worth at all getting like going out and getting your way. The only good thing about Snapple is that it has reusable glass bottles that you can put a better beverage in when you're done with it. Or just for anything, really. Mm-hmm. Now, what about Mellow Yellow? I've <laughs> not, never had it. I have, and I consistently drink it. Um, honestly, it's a really good lemon-lime soda. Um... I would say definitely better than Sierra Mist. Um, not S tier though. The problem is, is that Mellow Yellow, if you drink enough of it, it does leave an aftertaste. I would say it's at least A tier. Okay. I'll go ahead, put it in the uh, A tier section, because honestly, I've never had Mellow Yellow at the end of the day. Oh, you can like only get them from Coke Freestyle Machines here in Vegas. So if you go to, like, say, a Wendy's, um, like, ask um, for Mellow Yellow next time, see if they have it. Okay. The next up is Crush, because we apparently missed one of the orange ones. Yeah, I put Crush behind Sunkissed, personally. It's okay, but yeah, Sunkissed is better if you wanted that particular orange soda. So, that's, what are that's your how thoughts? I feel. What are your thoughts, Chris? 
like I said, all orange sodas are basically like pizza to me. I can't really discern like taste because I have them so rarely because they all fit the same purpose. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm going to go with the fry man on that. I don't drink a lot of orange sodas. Now, what about Mountain Dew, the gamer drink of choice? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, put, I'd put it in B tier. Like it, I put it above A and all the other ones in that row because okay. that that one is another one of the consistent uh uh drinks that i uh i have sodas that i drink besides the others that i did mention like pepsi and dr pepper and coke so that i'm a bit of bias there so i put i would put that there here's my difficulty with mountain dew is that normal mountain dew i don't actually like because the aftertaste is too strong I actually like all the other Mountain Dew flavors, though. It's like, say, like uh, Voltage or Code Red. Um, I'm kind I, of in I, the same boat. I don't necessarily... I'm not big on the original Mountain Dew. But if you get me a case of throwbacks, I'm going to be happy. Because throwbacks are a lot better than the modern-day Mountain Dew. I'm fine I mean, with modern-day I'm the Mountain one who Dew. made the... I mean, yeah. I am the guy who made the uh, uh, Gamer Drink uh, video, so... Yeah. I'll say this, I'm the opposite of you, Chris. Like, I only like the original Mountain Dew. Uh, the only other one I'm okay with is Code Red. The others are really just not good to me. I tried Vote. I tried Liberty Brew, was not a fan. Voltage is just Liberty Brew, but a bit sweeter to me. And what was the other one? Uh, is there another one? Oh, yeah, there was... Uh, what was it, Black Cherry? The one of those specialty ones that they have once in a blue moon? That one's okay. But it's just, it's a bit too... Uh... That's I think that's the problem for me. Mountain Dew in general is just too sweet, so I can't put it any higher than B tier. Yeah. It's definitely sugar overload, if that's what you're going for. Now, now Sprite... I like Sprite over Sierra Mist, so... B tier. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. What about you, uh, Chris? Yeah, uh, um, I don't know what it is, but lately, anytime I've had a Sprite, it hasn't been that good. Um, I would say it's on the same level as Sierra Mist, but honestly, my preference is just that it's not as good. Sprite tends to be my lemon-lime go-to if I'm going to go for a lemon-lime soda. At the end of the day, I have a preference of ginger ale over lemon-lime sodas. So that's kind of the thing for me. I get them both for pretty much the same purpose. But at the end of the day, I'm going to pick out almost any ginger ale over any lemon-lime soda. Nine times out of ten if it's available. All right. And then finally, the big daddy of them all, Coca-Cola. I put it in A tier. Like, if I can't get a Pepsi, I get a Coke. And I'm always happy no matter what. Coke, I would honestly put in S tier because it's the most consistent cola. I'm literally drinking a diet Coke as we're speaking. That's my favorite diet soda. Um, And while some of the flavors for Coke aren't that good, like vanilla or cherry, like, honestly, I prefer pep- cherry Pepsi. Like, I don't think that's enough to mark it down from S tier. Well, as I'm sure you guys probably figured out when you dropped by for New Year's, 
when it comes to the soda, if I'm going to be a bit of a fanboy of any of the companies, it's kind of Coca-Cola. I like Coca-Cola in its taste, and I honestly love Coca-Cola memorabilia, because Coke just has the cooler-looking memorabilia at the end of the day when it, over Pepsi. And that is part of why Coke is one a place in my heart over the days. Now, so, yeah, next up, I'd see... Oh. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, this looks like a very complete tier list. There's one and we more should thing not for continue. us to go ahead and go over. Clorox. Obviously, yes, dear. It helps kill the corona. <laughs> you know, and besides, Fuck what else sake. are you going to drink while you're snacking on your Tide Pods? <laughs> Why is this all cool? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you made this deserve to be like thrown in jail. <laughs> like I am ninety percent sure whoever designed that Clorox to be in this tier list designed it during the whole fucking Tide Pods thing, because there's no other way it would have made it on the list. Yeah, honestly, this whoever made this like made utter garbage. Now, at the I end mean, of the day, some, there's some good choices here. Yeah. At the end of the day, I think we can agree, though, I'll take almost any cleaning product over Clorox unless I specifically need bleach, because I just hate cleaning with bleach. The smell of bleach is absolutely fucking horrendous. Yeah, it'll kill you. Like, it, it's got its uses, don't get me wrong. Like, I have bleach in my house, because when you need bleach, well, at the end of the day, what you need is fucking bleach. But it's a pain in the ass to deal with, you know, if you if you don't have rubber gloves and you have to, like, wipe something down with a bleach rag, your hands are going to smell like bleach for, like, two fucking days. It doesn't matter how well you shower, how many times you shower, you can, like, straight up scrub the skin off your hands till they're raw, and your hands will still smell like fucking bleach somehow. If you have to, once again, if you're going to clean bleach, get rubber gloves for that reason alone. Know what I mean? Yeah. Know what I mean? Pretty, you pretty much have to, like you said. Otherwise, have fun scrape, uh, clean that shit out of your hands without rubber gloves. I am like, you know, it's like once again, it does have its purposes, but I use it so infrequently that honestly, I probably don't go through a gallon every two or three years, if not longer. But yeah, as far as this tier list, tier list went, yeah, they had some odd choices on there. I mean, why do they have like Monster and not like any of the other like? Isn't Monster own? Isn't Monster though owned by a soda company? I think. I don't think it matters. It, that list wasn't consistent at all. You might you might as well have just put Dasani on there because that's owned by Coke. I'll be honest. Next time, if we are gonna pre-plan a tier list. What I need to do is just generate out my own because it's kind yeah. of obvious that it's hit and miss what winds up on it. We're going to wind up with shit that none of us are fucking familiar with. Like fucking, you know, Fresca or, you know, in the fast food one where there's what, like four or five different restaurants we ain't never been to. Yeah, I saw that some of those are mostly in Canada. So fucking Canadians. Oh no. 
It's always the Canadians. So yeah, they're going they're going to kill Chris. By the way, I, I was reading through some of the reviews of Resident Evil Seven, and by oh, far, yeah. I, I I love one of someone's uh, rating systems on difficulties. The hardest mode is Dark Souls that they mention. Then it goes down to hard. Then it goes down to normal, which is where they placed Resident Evil 7. Under that, they rate easy. And then the one below that is my 90-year-old grandma could play it. <laughs> yeah, his 90-year-old so grandma. Yeah, that does remind me of the uh, old Skyrim grandma streamer. Are you guys familiar with that one? Oh yeah, yeah. She, I know she took a break recently because of health reasons, but I'm familiar with her. Apparently, she's in Elder Scrolls Six, whenever that game comes out. Oh, I. So wait, she's still alive then? Yeah, yeah. I think she's still alive. I think she just took time off. Like it was, there was some mixed misconception going on there that she was actually sick and on the on her last legs. But no, she's fine. She just kind of took a break from streaming. She did comment on the whole thing, like, "Yeah, journalism blows. They always, uh, they always make things sound worse than they really are." Okay, it's like I, I hadn't really been following her story too much, but I just know that I loved her enthusiasm for the game. I was never that big on Skyrim personally. I just, I can't really get into it. The story doesn't interest me. At the end of the day. Yeah, and the most of the things they say is the best part is you can mod it, but personally, if I'm not going to mod a game, I don't like. Yeah, it's like, if I have to mod a game to make it enjoyable, because here's the thing, don't get me wrong, like, I mod the shit out of Minecraft when I play Minecraft. Like, there was a time period where, like, 40 gigs of a hard drive on a laptop I owned one year was taken up by a shit ton of different... Uh, Minecraft mods I was dealing with that I had specifically curated because they all worked well enough together without causing the game to crash. It was like some ungodly amount of mods I had installed on that thing. But made the game fun. Like, honestly, it's one thing if, like, you mod something like, let's say, um, A Hat in Time. Because A Hat in Time, like, gameplay-wise, is already structurally sound. But it's like... Weren't there mods that were pretty much necessary to make that game even, like, playable at times, Skyrim? Oh, yeah. And Skyrim, you can be, it can be played, but there were some mods that made it better, depending on, you know, your system and everything. But generally speaking, though, what's there is just kind of okay at best. These mods actually make it a a somewhat better and more interesting game. Not to mention... I'll be honest, at the end of the day, Skyrim, like, Skyrim did not provide enough challenge to make it worth playing for the sake of gameplay by itself. Because a story being boring can be something I can deal with with a game if the gameplay is intriguing enough to get me to continue. However, Skyrim without mods is easy enough, even on its highest difficulty, that I couldn't be bothered to finish. Like, literally, it doesn't take me too long to be able to punch my first dragon to death. And that's well, with them removing the... Yeah. And that's with them removing the unarmed skill, which I'm still salty about. 
And then, not to mention, like, I kinda hate their whole Civil War subplot. Like, I tried to play through that one, because I had people try to tell me, oh, you know, you might enjoy if you focus on that subplot more than the main story. And I'm like, so you're telling the player who plays a Khajiit that I have to choose from the people that either are anti the idea of freedom of religion, or hate me because I'm a Khajiit. Yeah. Like, at that point in time, you're making me choose between a war of the Westboro Baptist Church and the Klan. Those guys like are dead. either of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you go. Show found a reason to use that again. Oh, yeah. And hey, I don't blame him. Honestly, I need to get up some good clips for using uh, on my soundboard. Because I've got a soundboard set up. I just need to get good audio clips for it at some point. Honestly, the funniest part when it comes to like like finding sound clips is just finding ones that haven't just been really overused. Because it's like I do have something like this that's been using a lot of things. But then it's like I have things like those guys are dicks, or I have uh, uh, as an example the murderer. Oh, that was a bit that was a bit mumbled. I couldn't hear it. It was uh, who's that Pokemon? It's the murderer. Yeah, it's just none of us could hear it. That's the problem. Weird. Uh, Weird. It's probably yeah. Discord. Now, I'll be honest, one of the soundboards that I need to see about going ahead and getting set up at one point or another is going to be for, like, from King of the Hill. Because, honestly, King of the Hill has some memorable quotes, and I really hope they're not too overused in the streaming world. I don't follow a lot of streamers. I should really watch more streams. Yeah, some. You don't have to follow that many. Like, oh, I... The the main reason why Pfizer's the only COVID vaccine manufacturer whose name I actually remember is actually because of Dale from King of the Hill. In his line <laughs> about Bill uh, taking the placebo drug, I think it's made by Pfizer. And I'm like, that's the only reason that name has stuck with me is King of the Hill. <laughs> Pfizer. Actually, there is a clip of King of the Hill we can take a look at as we're nearing the end of this. Um, let me look it up. I'm just reminded of this like uh, video of like these guys playing Gmon and someone was actually using a Dale Gravel model and um, uh, they floated out of the ground and said, did you guys know that the JFK assassination was faked? <laughs> Alright, I, f- I found the clip. Here we go. Oh, boy. Okay, let me go ahead and get it pulled up on the laptop. This is the real anime. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one moment. There we go. 
There's one that I kind of want to use, but it's from um, uh, Ghost Stories. Hey, if you know that anime, you know how uh, the dub is. <laughs> Yeah, God. I'll be honest, King of the Hill is, like, a classic. Honestly, I would love to have seen a reboot in the last four years just to kind of see the creators of the show take all the world in the modern era and how King of the Hill is reacting to shit. Yeah, they're supposed... It's in the works. Fox has approached the creator of King of the Hill, but both he's busy doing his own thing, and also, you know, they just got bought by Disney. If it does happen, it'll probably be on Disney+. Plus. If it does happen, Disney will find a way to ruin it. Yeah, probably. Look, I don't like what they've done. Look, I can't trust them to not buy out a thing and not do it the justice is deserved. We all know what they did to the Artemis Fowl movie. Well, to be fair with you, though, they didn't. It's not their fault. That was a film stuck in development, and the director has, on record, stated he wanted to change the fundamental part of the book, the first book at least, that made the first book what it was, which was not making him a villain. Oh yeah. So it's like Disney just basically inherited a turd and put it out for you to watch. But I, I can't say you're not wrong in that sentiment. Like, okay, you know what? There's actually a quote from King of the Hill that perfectly describes my feelings on uh, that movie. Okay, Dale, help him. Wait, is this a trick? Nope. Oh, boy. Let her rip. Just keep it clean. Bill! Bill, you have to be the stupidest man on the planet to think this is a good idea. Have you seen you what you're wearing? That Jesus. outfit makes you look like a sequined train wreck. Look at you! You're part of a 12-headed jackass! This course is the feces that is produced when shame eats too much stupidity! You people make me envy the deaf and the blind! Underwear! Money! Fat! Like, that is one of my all-time favorite lines from him. There are so many good clips you can pull from that. I know. Like, dude, like, I'm intending to get the audio from that section of the series. Like, that scene right there. Like, there are so many different audio clips that I could just pull and use out of context while streaming. And just have a fucking blast with it on a soundboard. I mean, there's twelve-headed jackass. The you may you people make me envy the blind and the deaf. Underwear. The Get underwear one my... is gonna be a lot of fun. Just randomly have Dale shouting underwear as I'm streaming. Like, don't forget, yeah, don't forget, King in the Hill when he gets really pissed off, especially the one where he quoted a Bible verse, which was "Get out of my house, Exodus." <laughs> yeah, no, that one was uh pretty fun as well like dude or, or you know the i'm gonna kick your ass and then i'm gonna reenact kicking your ass 
Dude, <laughs> King of the Hill has... Like, there's a reason why King of the Hill is memed as much as it is even to this day. Like, memeing was not much of a thing back when King of the Hill was still running for a good chunk of the series. But, like, it is one of the most memeable TV shows I've seen. Yeah, ain't that the truth. So next time yeah. on the uh, King of the Hill fan gushing fan service fan <laughs> podcast, we're fa- we're let's we're a fan we're King of the Hill podcast now. You you heard it here first, folks. I tell you what, we sell Pro Hank and Pro Hank accessories. Okay, now that I feel dirty, like we're running some kind of Hank Hill themed sex shop, and it's a disturbing idea. But hey, you, we can you sell some of those fake asses that Hank wears. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that poor bastard, he has no laughs. Like, I'll be honest, I forgot about the about that episode up until I started going on about that. Not that I'm like. Oh yeah, Hank has a fake ass. We could sell those if we ran a Hank themed sex shop. And now Disney is gonna totally try to take down our video. Damn. So speaking of last... Yeah, but speaking of Disney trying to own everything under the sun, can we just agree that it's nice that, you know, we can admit now that we as men have a favorite Disney princess. It's obviously Xenomorph. Jesus Christ, stop it. <laughs> yep. They come out uh, of the body of a queen. Every female Xenomorph is a Disney princess. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget uh, the queen. Don't, for, don't forget the queen herself. She's the queen. She's, she's the queen. She's the queen of all Disney princesses, along with the Xenomorphs. And then you got Ellen Ripley at one point. She was the queen. Yeah, that was a that was a shitty movie. But yeah, no, she had yeah, the queen. The assembly cut's okay. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe if the podcast gets big enough and we have Patreons, maybe that's something we could do as like a private Patreon stream where we sit there and we just like roast the alien movies back to back on stream. Yeah, we'd probably. We'd probably get away with it doing it on Discord, personally speaking. But hey, it's a it's a thing to think about. No, oh, yeah, but that's long down the road. Though, speaking well, of which, I do have, if we ever wind up doing it that way, a convenient method for us to be able to all watch it as well. Because uh, if I run it off my Jellyfin server, Jellyfin actually allows for uh, remote viewing together. Which is cool. just a super cool feature, you know, especially in 2020 where, I, where you know, you might not always want everyone coming to your house all at once. Yeah, fair enough. It's much easier to do this from the comfort of our own home anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm also looking at uh, just different, like, things just kind of throughout this. Um uh, and I sent you this uh, picture yesterday, Carl, uh, or at least reading, at some point. Are you reading Alien print, uh, Princess fan fiction? No, stop it. We're not making that a thing. It's going to be a thing. Alien, but, alien uh, Princess. 
No. Anyways, um, there's this image where um, it's like a Google search, and at the top of it, it says, what to say during sex. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bang, bang. <laughs> Do you both break out the song and dance after the fact? Or, du- or during that? Questions are later. <laughs> <laughs> during. I said questions for later. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that's, that's just funny. So, I gotta ask, from back in the day, what would you guys consider your preferred TV show from back in the day? Uh, Ed and Eddie. Yeah, I'll have to go with Ed and Eddie as well. It's one show I actually watched the most growing up, outside of maybe Batman the Animated Series. That was good shit. Okay. But yeah, for me, it's just because Cartoon Network was the most readily available for me, and uh, Ed and Eddie was the most readily available show at that time. And it was unlike a lot of shows which are on readily available networks and are at, on ready, readily available, um, Ed and Eddie was actually good. Oh yeah, like I swear, Cartoon Network had the, like, biggest combination of being really, really good with shit or really, really bad with shit. And especially in the last few years when, you know, they basically been Teen Titans Go 24-7. To be fair, I also blame that on the SpongeBob effect. Yeah, can't argue that. Has anyone seen the trailer for that SpongeBob spinoff by chance? It looks bad. I, out of respect to Steven Hillenburg, have not even bothered trying to take a look at it. Good. Your eyes will never forget it once you see it, because it looks bad. (laughs) And I mean bad as in they went 3D animated, and it looks bad. Kind of gross. Oh my god. Oh, he looked at it. Oh no, we lost him. All right, everyone, shut down the stream. We have lost our host. Yeah, no, I'm I'm taking cover. You guys have fun. So yeah. Wait, 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 wait. They took a children's show and designed it to be more children oriented. Yeah. Yes. Entirely against Stephen Hillenberg's will. For, the, for where he wanted to take the show because originally when he pitched the show, they wanted a show that catered to kids in high school. Like, Hey Arnold Underwater essentially is what they wanted SpongeBob to be. And Steven Hilberg fought them on that and made SpongeBob what it is and still is to a degree. It just, <laughs> that when you... It's gone downhill <laughs> yeah. still. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, it's not, it is different than most shows you would expect or cartoons you would expect because most of them are in school and having kids do dumb kid things. SpongeBob's actually a somewhat older uh, adult that actually has a job and deals with adult shit. Just sometimes he goes to boating school, which was the compromise they made for him going to school because they wanted that again with SpongeBob initially, That, but that was the compromise. Yeah, compromise. Yeah, now that he's dead, they're going to do whatever the hell they want with SpongeBob, which was he wanted no spinoffs because he thought they were pointless. 
So not only are we going to get Camp Coral, which is the name of the show, then we're going to get a Squidward uh, standalone show on Netflix. I don't know what that's about, but it's about Squidward. Yeah, let's, so, let's just get Part of me is hoping that maybe the Squidward one might be good, just because, let's face it, now that we're all adults, Squidward's the most relatable character from SpongeBob. I know, but he's better when you... He's not when he's the Aaron focus. Of, SpongeBob. Yeah, when SpongeBob's there and he's there to act as a foil, then yeah, I'd say that's when the show is at its peak. But when it's just Squidward, it, it kind of is boring. They had a whole episode about what if it was just about Squidward, and you all know how that turned out. It wasn't. It was good, but it's like it does tell you if if you had a show dedicated to just Squidward with no SpongeBob, it's not good. But yeah. I do know Camp Coral is also supposed to tie in with that new movie they made where it's about him finding Gary. I've never saw it, though. They made a movie so, about him finding Gary. Yeah, that was the third SpongeBob movie, and that's also when they went fully with the art style you see in uh, Camp Coral, but, you know, obviously on a lesser budget. Or it has, or the movie has more of a budget, so it looks better, but it still looks weird. Because you're so used to 2D characters. So, oh. yeah. Nickelodeon's weird. So, basically, the third movie is literally a season, like, four Spongebob episode. Like, I remember that being, like, yes, you know, it, Gary Cohn. It's also supposed to set up what Camp Coral is and what it's about. Or at least, like, generally, oh, hey, I remember Camp Coral. That was in that movie. I'll watch the show based on that. I want to know more that happens there. I ain't drunk enough to see more of that show. I'm going to need a crap ton of alcohol if I'm going to sit there and watch that. Uh, I'm not going to bother. But yeah, no, alcohol sounds nice. Yeah, it's like, it's... that. That is shameful. That is just shameful. So, yeah. what good news about media do we have today? Uh, that is a very good question. <laughs> something about a Star Wars game in development, if you want to call it that. Is that oh, really yeah. good news? Well, it kind well, of that... is, because it, it can be, because... EA no longer has the video game license for Star Wars anymore. So now Ubisoft is making their own game and it's the team behind the division. But apparently there's again another rumor of a new Knights of the Old Republic game developed by another studio. There's one person joking that it should be made by Naughty Dog. And I'm not going to lie, no, I don't want I hope that's not true. Now, I'm going to be honest, EA butchered uh when they tried to do battlefront yeah they butchered battlefront i'm a level with you i bought and played through jedi fallen order and it was actually pretty fun yeah and i think there's a sequel in the works we just haven't heard anything about it i did not play star wars squadrons because that's a game i think you need a vr to really enjoy and i'm not really in the mood to dust off my vr and just it also just didn't appeal to me. I'll be honest, if I'm going to do space stuff, I'm just going to load up Elite Dangerous at this point. Because I have Elite Dangerous, and like, if I'm going to sit there and I want to do space stuff, I'll go ahead and play Elite Dangerous. But like, 
have you ever played Dark Souls, Fryman? I bought a PS5 for Demon Souls, so I'm pretty sure that tells you everything. Okay, so it's so the Fallen Order takes a lot of hints from oh, Dark yeah. Souls yeah, in its play in its play yeah, style. They, yeah, I've played I've played it, so don't worry. They said though oh. that they more they more so would say it's more comparable to Sekiro, their recent game. Because, ah. yeah, Sekiro is more of an action game than an RPG like Dark Souls is, but it's still hard. Okay. So I've never played Sekiro. What initially got me to pick it up is a friend of mine who would play Dark Souls and said, hey, this ain't exactly as RPG-heavy as Dark Souls is. But it shares a lot of similarities with Dark Souls, which, you know, at the end of the day, it kind of does with how the uh, rest parts work, as well as the fact that it's a good challenge. Though I am so ain't that. How far have you gotten through the game, Fryman? Sekiro, I'm near the Uh, end of it. No, no, I mean, Fallen Order. Oh, I've beat beat it when it came out, so. Chris. I I know know about it. Have you played Fallen Order? He doesn't play Star Wars. Yeah, I don't play Star Wars games. Do you care if this next little bit has a bit of a spoiler for the game then? No. So, I'm kind of upset about one section of Fallen Order where I'm fighting the uh, second Dark Sister or whatever her name is. Oh, the ninth Dark Dark Sister? My thing is, while I'm fighting her, decent chunk before the... uh, end of the game it's where you're on that one i don't yeah i think it's the wookie planet that i was on where i was oh, fighting she... her i could have she... kicked yeah. her ass and for story reasons they cock blocked me from winning that fight and that kind oh, of upset no. me oh no you beat you beat her uh, if you might be talking about the second fight with the second sister, because you fight her like four. T- uh, yeah, spoiler, you fight her four times throughout. The oh yeah, no, game. no, I've beaten, I've beaten the game. What annoyed me is that like halfway through my run through, I could have beaten her right then and there versus having to beat her at the end of the game, because I had used all of one of my four stems and had her down at a half health before the cutscene started playing, and I'm just like, oh, you cheap bastard. Yeah, and they they do it the same with the third fight, and then the fourth fight, you actually beat her for once. Just makes you go. I like her as a character, as like a rival character, but I do feel like you were kind of overusing her a bit. Because I will say, there's one thing I wish there were more, uh, you know, lightsaber type boss battles because there's not very many. Oh yeah, and like my big thing is. There's a way to handle a you're not actually going to beat this character. It's going to lead to a cutscene type battles and a way to not handle it. Number one thing. Actually make the battles quite literally impossible for you to go ahead and win. So that way, because it's Mega Man X, for example. It's done that with a couple of the bosses. Doesn't show the health bar or whatever. You're sitting there fighting. There's literally no way to win until you get down to a certain part of your health. And at that point, it rolls onto the cutscene. That's the way to handle that. Cock blocking me halfway through kicking a boss's ass is not a way to handle that, in my opinion. Because it just, 
it kind of bait and switches me and it kind of it literally annoyed the crap out of me when that happened yeah actually i will say though that yeah the first time you fought the second sister that's when i think it does it right but they do that too often until the end then it makes you just get tired of it but another mm-hmm. star wars game actually did that similar concept but they did it better because up front you know you're not going to win and it's in Jedi, it's in Star Wars Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast, where there's a point where your main character is was a Jedi. He, no, he was a mercenary turned Jedi, but then he let go of the Force at one point. And then now at that point in the game, you don't have a lightsaber. And then you find, you meet the, the main villain for the first time, and then he, he's, a, he's a Sith, so he defeats you pretty easily because you don't have a lightsaber. But then eventually you get you get it back and then you fight him near the end and it's pretty it's pretty epic. So yeah, I like that. I like how they did that. I think they did that a little bit better than Fallen Order, because like I said, they just kind of repeat that encounter multiple times that you think they would have they would just let you win one, but bef- without it being the final boss. But yeah, I get where you're coming from. It's it's one of those things, honestly, I didn't mind it the first time it happened because they actually storylined why it wound up happening the first time in a way that makes sense. The The one that I have the most issue with is the one where quite literally they framed it in a way where storyline-wise, my character was quote-unquote getting his ass handed to him and your little robot friend saved you by putting up the force field when in reality I was far from losing that fight. Like, I've had a lot closer boss battles than in that fight. That fight was not a difficult boss battle for me. I was going ham on her and winning. But, oh, no, 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 no. No. No, no, no. You're not defeating her. You're actually losing to her, and the robot had to save you. And I'm just like, don't patronize. Because at that point, it felt also a bit patronizing at the same time. It wasn't, like, geared in a way where there was a storyline reason for the escape. I It's been a bit since the very beginning of the game, but I vaguely remember there was some storyline reason you yeah, got the hell out of there. Yeah, it's mainly due to the fact of who she is, because she's related to one of your companions in the game, and they obviously want to set her... They try they, Story-wise, they want to set up her both her reveal as to who she is and where it goes near the end of the game, you know, for the end of the game. But, yeah, yeah I, I get I get you. How they, how they did that was a bit overdone because you just fight her too many times, so it was a bit unnecessary, especially when they pretty much if you're good enough, you can win the fight it's just the game just takes it takes that victory from you i mean honestly um pokemon mystery dungeon 2 kind of does something like that um and i found it kind of annoying um i'll get the, i'll get into that more because i actually want to save that for a stream but uh yeah basically you can have you can actually beat this one boss like pretty easily but the game says that they basically destroyed you. And I'm like, how? Oh. Uh, now that you bring that up, probably the worst game, in my opinion, that does this was Shenmue 3. They literally oh, have... I remember seeing the ending to that. Yeah, no, not just the ending. The first real fight part of this game, because this game, Shenmue 3 of the other two has the least amount of fighting in it. 
which is good because the new fighting mechanics are god-awful. But the very first fight, you fight two fugs, and you easily can kick their ass. Although, again, the fighting mechanics are terrible, so, yeah. And then they throw this big brute at you that, yes, you can beat him, but the game treats... uh. The game treats your victory or your loss no as a loss no matter what because then it sets up your character getting stronger and learning a new technique and then you go and fight them again and then that time you're expected to beat him but that fight is terrible but yeah it doesn't help the game again is terrible so makes those fight scenes just like why? What was the what was the point in it? And yeah, at the end of the game, they tease a fight, and then it never ha- it never really happens. And the game ends on the cliffhanger again. Yay! I'm not. I doubt a Shenmue Four will even happen. That's a game that literally shat itself out before it even came out, which is quite sad. I'm. I hope some. I know some fans love Shenmue Three, but I don't. I don't see why. It's just like this this is a game that failed on its promise or any like initial promise it it had. So I'm just like how can you like this game? Just I I don't get it. What what is this? What 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 happened to that Pikachu? What did you do to that Pikachu? I didn't do anything. Wait, what oh Pikachu? Was it shared in the Discord chat? He, yeah. he, he killed this poor Pikachu. It looks so ugly. It's Pikachu. I want to die. Put that Just thing back where it came from, or so help me. So help me. So help me. And cut. <laughs> you know what? That's actually one of the things that I need to probably put on my soundboard is put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. Because so so sadly, I quote that show more. I quote that specific line of the movie. There's not much else I actually quote from the Monsters, Inc. franchise outside of that. Fair enough. I haven't even Why seen... is Monsters, Inc. a franchise, might I ask? There's two movies, and apparently they might make another one or a series. I thought there was well, like three movies, movies now. Street continuation. Sort of apparent. I don't know. I heard something about them wanting to make a series about uh, Monsters Inc., like a TV series. Let me, let me look this up. Maybe that's the next one we should do a Pixar tier list. Yeah, that could well, that requires us to watch all of them, and I haven't seen a good amount of Pixar films, at least the new well, ones. We probably have like a cutoff date for some of the newer ones. Yeah, maybe we'll just have to go over which ones we've all seen. Yeah, I have not seen the new one they made. Soul, that yeah, it looks good though. Uh, no, no. Where is it? Yeah, yeah. There's an animated series coming out this year called Monsters at Work. Oh boy, it's a spinoff and a direct sequel. So yeah, it's supposed to come out in early 2021. So it could be coming out anytime. Between now and before May, but hey, they got they got the cast back, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, guys, I think we should probably start wrapping this up. Yeah, yeah. no, this was a good you guys good show. 
Yeah, good show. You guys have a great rest of your night. Do remember, you guys can uh, find the full recap of the stream week from now on YouTube. I'll have it up within the next day or two up on Podbean. And along with that, you'll be finding some highlight clips once they have the time to make them up on Library. Thank you, guys. Enjoy. Have a good night, everybody.